Good morning. Welcome again to Morning Devotions. I'm Pastor Samuel, the pastor at the Cathedral of Praise, and thank you again for the privilege. Say, Pastor, why do you always say that? Because you don't have to be here. That you would open your heart to Sister Bev and I and allow us to sit down with you in your home. That is a privilege and that is an honor that you give us. So if I always say thank you, it's because I don't ever want to take advantage of that. I realize you could be doing a lot of other things right now, but you said, I want to sit down with Pastor in the Word of God. So thank you. Thank you for that. All right, let's go to Psalms 91 recitation. This is our foundation stone. We keep this really strong in our heart these days. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes to see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the light and the other, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, we're all waiting for the announcements. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, there's a couple of areas down in Montalupa that have gone on extreme lockdown. A couple of barangays there that have gone on extreme lockdown right near where I live, in fact. Uh, but we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But do you remember what Jesus said? He said, don't worry about tomorrow, for every day has enough trouble in itself. There's enough trouble today to worry about. You don't need to worry about tomorrow yet. Let's just live in the now. Let's just live in the day. Let's just live now and watch God bless the work of our hands. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we are so grateful. We are so grateful for your goodness, so grateful for how you just walk with us, so grateful, Lord, that you never leave us. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, there are many of the people's hearts today that are so afraid, afraid because of what they've seen with families, afraid because of things that they're feeling in their bodies, afraid because of concerns about finances. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, let there be a peace that passes all understanding flow right now into the hearts and lives of your people. Let that fear be broken off of their lives and let peace, let peace just fill their lives, Father, in Jesus' name. I pray for all of our people right now that are in the hospital, Lord. That's not a nice place to be right now. I thank you for healing in their bodies. Jesus, just reach in. The Bible says you heal all of our diseases. Whatever disease, Father, just let healing flow into their bodies. For our members, Lord, that have been sick and haven't been able to get to the hospitals because of all the COVID, let this be a time where they see that God is a healer. Let this be a time when they recognize the power of God and they're less dependent on doctors and they're less dependent on hospitals and medicine and they learn to put their trust in you. 
Lord, even for the young people, let that just be a beautiful touch of healing. Flow within homes as they see how real you are and fear is broken off of their lives. Father, the things are getting a little difficult with the finances for some of our families. Father, let there not be one car foreclosed, not one home foreclosed. Father, we ask that not only there be food on the table, but every payment that we owe would be paid, every Morelco, every water bill, every car payment, every rent payment, every mortgage payment. Father, that everything would be paid on time. Father, that no debt would remain outstanding except our debts of love. Father, in the name of Jesus, bring provision. Lord, you open the windows of heaven over the tithers. And an open heaven is not destroyed by plagues in the world. Let that open heaven bring blessing. Let that open, open heaven bring prosperity. Let all the bills be paid, Father. Let there be an abundance left over for every good work. I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open up our hearts now and spend some time in worship.
Our New Testament passage today is a little short. Romans chapter 9, verses 19 through verse 29. Just 10 verses today. Paul said, you will say to me then, why does he, God, still find fault? For who can resist his will? Now, this is one of the things that people were saying to Paul. They were saying in Paul's theology, you know, how how can God find fault with us? You know, if, if God's will is going to be done and God, God is sovereign, I mean, who, who can resist his will? So why does he still find fault? In other words, there were people who did not understand free will. They thought we were puppets. That God just controls men's lives and there is no free will. And Paul said, listen, you know, guys, that is, that is not what I'm saying at all. But that's what some theologians to this, say, to this day say, that, you know, that the doctrine of election, okay? There are many that teach the doctrine of election, that the people who are going to be saved are going to be saved. The people who are going to be damned are going to be damned. There's no need for evangelism. There's no need to go out and preach the gospel. There's no need for crusades. There's no need to start churches. It will all just happen. Well, they, they, they are strong on the sovereign will of God, but they don't understand the free will of man that God put within us. Paul said, what are you saying this to me? And then he continues. He said, but, but who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Ah, now he said, you know, you're, you're talking about silly theology. He said, I want to talk about your attitudes. He said, you're trying to come up with logical attitudes. He said, you're trying to come up with logical arguments, but he said, the real problem here is your attitudes. You're answering back to God. Will the molded say to the molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honored use and another vessel for dishonorable use? He said, now listen, you know, you, you want to sit here and talk about, you know, splitting hairs of theology. But he said, here's the real attitude problem. He said, you think that you have a right to question God. He said, you think that you have a right to get in the face of God and tell God what he can and cannot do. Excuse me, he is the potter, we are the clay. He is the one who molds us. We don't sit back and criticize him. He said, so check your attitudes. He said, now, here's here's the truth of this. He said, what if God, desiring to show his wrath, and make known his power, so show his wrath as one, make known his power as two, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. He said, okay, you want to get in God's face about God's decisions, but what if God's been making this decision because of patience? And he's he's being patient because, yeah, I want to show my wrath, and yes, I want to make my power known, but I'm going to endure with much patience the way these people treat me. He said, you know what, they're prepared for destruction because, you know, look at how they've lived their lives. But God said, I've endured it with patience. He said, you know what, if God wants to be patient, it's none of your business. Ah, if God wants to be patient, it's none of your business. He said, so you know what, really this, this kind of, a, this whole area is like, check your attitudes. Paul's kind of in their face a little bit. He said, endured with much patience the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. Why? Purpose. 
When you see that word in order or that, shows purpose. The purpose, to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. He said, all right, God wanted to show the riches of his glory to the vessels of mercy, people like me and you. He said, if God's been patient with the sinful world because he wants to show his glory to the objects of his mercy, he said, you know what? That's not a bad thing. Even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. As indeed he says in Hosea, those people who are not my people, I will call my people. And her who was not my beloved, I will call beloved. <laughs> he said, now listen, if, if God wants to choose to, to call a Gentile his people, he can do that. If God wants to call the Gentile his beloved, he can do that. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called the sons of the living God. <laughs> I love that. W one day, you just need to run a whole study through the New Testament, especially through the writings of Paul, and deal with the sons of God. But now you've got to do it in a real translation. You can't do it in a, in a simplified Tagalog translation, and you can't do it in the, N, in the NLT, and you can't do it in any kind of a, a smoothing translation. You need a, a literal word for word like the ESV. And just trace the sons of God. And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. He said, hey, not all of Israel is going to go to heaven. He said, you're going to have to get a hold of something, you know. God has the right to forgive people. And you know what? God has the right to judge people. Though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence on the earth fully and without delay. When God's judgment comes, God's judgment comes. As Isaiah predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left his offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah, which has zero left. He said, Isaiah prophesied that if God had not left a remnant, Israel would have been like Sodom and Gomorrah, completely wiped out. But in God's sovereign will and God's sovereign mercy, he left a remnant. So this is a very short passage. But Paul here is saying, hey guys, check your attitudes about God at the door. God is sovereign, but that does not excuse you to live the life that you want to live. It just means that God can bring more people into the kingdom. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship. What a friend we have in Jesus. Yeah, what a bring, what a bring the lips 
Testament passage today is a little long. We begin in Ezra chapter 9, verse 1. After these things had been done, the officials approached me and said, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the land with their abominations, from the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. All right, so we have a problem here. The people of Israel, the priests, and the Levites. All right, so we have the people and all spiritual leadership. And the problem was a lack of separation.
Now, we have the same thing in the world today where preachers do not want to separate themselves from sin. Paul said, come out and be ye separate, saith the Lord. He said, and I'll be a father to you. But we, we have, again, people and spiritual leaders who do not want to separate themselves from the peoples of the land, the, the sinful practices that are going on. They don't want to separate themselves. They, they want to engage the culture. So, in other words, these people were engaging the culture. <laughs> Why? For they have taken some of, the some of their daughters to be wives for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy race has mixed itself with the peoples of the land. And in this faithfulness, faithlessness, the hand of the officials and the chief men have been foremost. Wow. So leaders were the worst. Wow. We got some women we haven't seen before. These are beautiful. They don't look like our Jewish women. Wow. They're nicer to us than our Jewish women. Wow. And so these men led the way. As soon as I heard this, I tore my garment and my cloak and pulled my hair from my head. <laughs> I'm, every time I look at that, I go, Ezra, come on, dude, keep your hair. Pulled my hair from my head and beard and sat appalled. I mean, he was, he was moved by this. Now, notice the next part. Then, all who trembled at the words of God. Do you tremble at the word of God? Because of the faithlessness of the returned exiles gathered around me while I sat appalled until the evening sacrifice. So notice, these are the returned exiles. Now, get a hold of this now. These were new experiences. These women, they'd never seen women that looked like this before. They'd never heard accents of women like this before. These were new experiences with people. And some of them, they let their hearts get caught up in it. He said, but now there were people who trembled at the words of God because of the faithlessness. There were people who recognized, yeah, you know, these returned people have had some new experiences and they've really gotten themselves in trouble with new experiences. This, now, 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 straight talk. Sometimes when I watch our people immigrate and they get into a new culture, they go to America, they go to Australia, they're, they're so busy trying to fit in that they forget who they are. Let me say that one more time. They're so busy trying to fit in, they forget who they are. I remember sitting down with a young man one time. Their family had immigrated to New Jersey. And he walked into the sala and he was acting all gangsta. And I looked at him and I said, what in the world? And he said, what do you mean, Pastor? I said, dude, I grew up in Flint, Michigan and Detroit. I understand gangsta. I said, what are you trying to do being gangster? You're Pinoy. He forgot who he was. That's what had happened to these returned exiles. They got back in and they saw these beautiful women and they just forgot who they were. Now the people who trembled at the word of God, this was a problem. At the evening sacrifice, I arose from my fasting and my garment and my cloak torn and fell upon my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. All right, so he's fasting, and now he's praying. 
This is how you face sin in the camp. Or sin that has entered the family. Saying, oh my God, I'm ashamed and I blush to lift my face to you. My God, for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads and our guilt has mounted to the heavens. From the days of our fathers to this day, we have been in great guilt. And for our iniquities, we are kings and our priests have given into the land, into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, to plundering, and to utter shame as it is today. He said, hey man, same things caused today. He said, we're in so much trouble today because of this. And now for a brief moment, favor has been shown by the Lord our God. He said, would you look at this? God had mercy. God had mercy. God showed favor to leave us a remnant and to give us a secure hold in this holy place that God might brighten our eyes and grant us a little reviving in our slavery. He said, now God's been merciful to us. All right, he said, he's left us a remnant to why? Give us a secure hold in the holy place, the temple ground. Number two, to brighten our eyes. And number three, grant us a little reviving in our slavery. He said, listen, in our slavery, the king let us come back here and rebuild the temple of God. And the king's even paying all this money for us and, and even giving us the money for the sacrifices. And, and, and look at what God has done. And, and look at what these people are doing. Okay, that, that's what's going on. Look at what God has done and look at what these people are doing. There's no, there's no gratitude in their hearts for God. For we are slaves. Yet our God has not forsaken us in our slavery, but has extended to us his steadfast love. Oh, I love that. He's reached out his steadfast love before the kings of Persia to grant us some reviving, to set up the house of God, to repair its ruins, and to give us protection in Judah and Jerusalem. Wow. He said, look, God, God extended his love for us, and he, he revived us. All right, so revival. Revival was to establish God's house. Revival was to repair God's house. And revival was to bring protection. Okay, he, he granted us some reviving. And now, our God, what shall we say after this? Look at, look at what we, you've done for us and then look at how these, the faithlessness and the hand of the officials and chief men have been the foremost. And now, God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken your commandments, which you commanded by your servants, the prophets, saying, the land you are entering to take possession of is a land impure with the impurity of the peoples of the land and with their abominations that have filled it from end to end with their uncleanness. Therefore, do not give your daughters to their sons, neither take their daughters for your sons, and never seek their peace or prosperity, that you may be strong, eat the good of the land, and leave it for an inheritance for your children forever. He said, now listen, Here's the command. Command, no intermarry. 
command. Do not seek their prosperity. Why? Number one, you need to be strong. Number two, you need to eat the good of the land. And number three, you need to leave an inheritance to the people of Israel. I gave you this land. So God said, I've given you this twofold command for these three purposes. Okay. And after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great guilt, seeing that you, O God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserved and have given us such a remnant as this. Now, you need to get a hold of that one. God punishes us less than our iniquities deserve. Shall we break your commandments again? and intermarry with these peoples who practice these abominations? Would you not be angry with us until you consumed us so that there would be no remnant nor any way of escape? O Lord, the God of Israel, you are just, for we are left a remnant that has escaped as it is today. Behold, we are before you in our guilt, and none can stand before you because of this. What is this? What God has done? and their faithlessness. Chapter 10, verse 1. While Ezra prayed and made confession, weeping and casting himself down before the house of God, a very great assembly of men, women, and children gathered to him out of Israel. For the people wept bitterly. Now notice, one man response. can change a nation. So all started with him crying out to God. And Shechaniah, the son of Jehiel, of the sons of Elam, addressed Ezra. We have broken faith with our God and have married foreign women from the peoples of the land. But even now there is hope for Israel in spite of this. Therefore, let us make a covenant with God, with our God, to put away all these wives and their children according to the counsel of the Lord and of those who tremble at the commandment of the Lord and let it be done according to the law. All right, so we're going to do this according to number one, the counsel of the Lord, and number two, of those who tremble at the commandment of God. When you need counsel, now here's the truth. Principle. When you need advice about how to stop sin. How to stop sinning. Go to those who tremble at the commandments of God. Don't, don't go to another guy that's caught up in it too. Go to somebody who trembles at the commandments of God. Go to somebody who's, who's like Ezra, who, who studies the word, who lives the word, and who teaches the word. Remember we taught you that the other day. Arise, for it is your task, and we are with you. Be strong and do it. All right? Arise, this is your task. All right, Ezra, this is your task. We're with you. Be strong and do it. Okay, Ezra, clean up our lives. <laughs> now, please forgive my laughing at this, but that's exactly what we do as pastors. People totally screw up their life. 
And then they come to us and say, hey, now, now this is your job, Pastor. Clean up my life. Pastor, this is your job. Clean up my son's life. This is your job, Pastor. Clean up my daughter's life. <laughs> but this is our work. All right. Then Ezra arose and made the leading priests and the Levites and all Israel take an oath that they would do as they had said. So they took the oath. Then Ezra withdrew from before the house of God and went to the chamber of Jehanan, the son of Elisheb, where he spent the night, neither eating bread nor drinking, for he was mourning over the faithlessness of the Israels. So his fasting continued. He did not stop fasting as soon as the people said, we want to change. Okay. Now, you've got to get a hold of that. Fasting continued until real change. Not just words. A lot of people say, oh, yes, we ought to change, fix our lives. But when they go back and think about it, no, I kind of enjoy that. And a proclamation was made throughout Judah and Jerusalem to all the returned exiles that they should assemble at Jerusalem. So all these returned exiles, because again, it wasn't the few that were left. It was the returned exiles that were the problem. And if anyone did not come within three days by order of the officials and elders, all his property should be forfeited, and he himself banned from the congregation of the exiles. Then all of the men of Judah and Benjamin assembled at Jerusalem within the three days. It was the ninth month on the twelfth day of the month, and all the people sat in the open square before the house of God, trembling because of this matter, number one, and number two, because of the rain. Now, ninth month, it is cold and wet. Okay, I mean, it is, uh. If you've been with us to Israel and think about December, January, it's cold and wet. And when Ezra the priest stood up and said to them, you have broken faith and married foreign women, and so increase the guilt of Israel. Now then, make confession to the Lord your God, the God of your fathers, and do his will. Separate yourselves from the peoples of this land and from the foreign wives. So number one, make confession. Number two, do his will. Number three, separate yourselves. Then all the assembly answered in a loud voice, it is so, we must do as you have said. They all agree. But the people were many. And it's the time of the heavy rain. You know, you're dealing December, January. We cannot stand in the open nor is this task a one day or two day, for we have greatly transgressed in this matter. We agree, but we'll take time. And hey, we, we can't stay out in this freezing cold rain. Let our officials stand before the whole assembly. Let all in our cities who have taken foreign wives come at the appointed times, and with them the elders and judges of every city, until the fierce wrath of our God over this matter is turned away from us. All right, so they say, we're going to come group by group. We're going to come by group. Only Jonathan, the son of Ashiel, and Jehaziel, the son of Tekva, opposed this. Meshulam and Shabbatai, the Levites, supported them. So here's my question. Why? Now again, do I have an answer for you yet? No, but you never learn until you ask the question. Why did Jonathan, the son of Ashiel, and Jaziah, the son of Tekva, oppose this suggestion of coming group by group? Then the returned of the exiles did so. 
Ezra the priest selected men, heads of the father's houses, according to their father's house, each of them designated by name. On the first day of the tenth month, they sat down to examine the matter. And on the first day of the first month, they had come to the end of all the men who had married foreign women. All right, so they sat down on the first day of the tenth month, and by the first day of the first month, all right, so this took two months, two months to clean up the mess. Now there were found some of the sons of the priests had married foreign women. Maasiah, Eliezer, Jerob, and Jedaliah, some of the sons of Jeshua, the son of Jazadak, and his brothers. They pledged themselves to put away their wives, and their guilt offering was a ram of the flock for their guilt. Of the sons of Imar, Hanani, and Zebediah, of the sons of Haram, Maasiah, Elijah, Shemaiah, Jael, and Uzziah, of the sons of Pashur, Elonai, Maasiah, Ishmael, Nathaniel, Jezadab, and Elisha, of the Levites, Josabad, Shami, Keliah, that is Kelita, Pethahiah, Judah, and Eliezer, of the singers, Elishib, of the gatekeepers, Shulam, Telem, and Uri, of Israel, of the sons of Parosh, Rameah, Isaiah, Machajah, Majalim, Majamim, Eliezer, Hashbabiah, and Benaiah, of the sons of Elam, Mathathiah, Zechariah, Jael, Abdi, Jeremoth, and Elijah, of the sons of Zatu, Elonai, Elishib, Mathaniah, Jeremoth, Zabad, and Aziza, of the sons of Bebai, were Janahan, Hananiah, Zabai, and Aslai, of the sons of Bani, Meshulam, Maluk, Adiah, Jashub, Sheel, and Jeremoth, of the sons of Pahath, Moab, Adna, Shalal, Benaniah, Masahiah, Methaniah, Bezalel, Beni, and Manasseh. Of the sons of Haram, Eliezer, Ishajah, Makajah, Shemamah, and Shimeon. Benjamin, Maluk, and Shemariah. Boy, these are hard names. Of the sons of Hashum, Methanah, Methathah, Zabab, Ephelet, Jeremiah, Manasseh, and Shimi. Of the sons of Bani, Maadai, Amran, and Ui. Benaniah, Beradiah, Shalohi, Vanaah, Meramoth, Elisheb, Methaniah, Methanai, Jashu. Of the sons of Binui, Shimi, Shelemiah, Nathan, Adadiah, Mak, Makna Debai, Shashi, Sharai, Azariah, Shelemiah, Shemariah, Shalomun, Amariah, and Joseph. Of the sons of Nidu, Jael, Mathathiah, Zadab, Zebinah, Jadai, Joel, and Benaniah. All these had married foreign women, and some of the women had even born children. Whew, that was a long list of names. Now I want you to notice that sometimes people that get themselves in trouble, you don't get in it real quick, and you don't get out of it real quick. Okay, sometimes people get themselves caught up in sin, and it's, it's kind of a confusing Gordonian knot, and it's a little hard to untie. And it took a couple of months to get this all unwound and figured out. Sometimes when you've gotten yourself messed up in sin, 
takes a little while to get yourself extricated. But notice, if you've been off with another woman, these men had to leave those wives. You need to get back with your own wife in Jesus' name. God bless you. We'll see you tonight at 7 o'clock.